Wednesday Night Wallop presents. Hello, this is Rylan, the computer boy. Thank you for joining. Rylan Turner's Morning Sports Report. So, the computer is crazy! Crazy, I say! sports fans rylan turner here for another edition and the first edition of season three of rylan's morning sports report it's an nba themed edition of the uh series today and we can't do an nba show without our nba correspondent vince delgado vince welcome back to the program how's it going rylan thank you for having me back on the morning sports report i'm glad that we're actually recording this time in the morning time so like we're actually not fibbing about the time zone differences uh but I'm you glad to be back. Breaking kayfabe man. so hard on my. Oh, I'm sorry. Right I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> I, I didn't knew kayfabe was still alive. Uh, yeah. No. 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 Um, I'm glad to be here, man. I'm excited. I love talking about NBA, and I love talking about NBA with you, man. It's been a while. I'm looking it forward to it. It has been a while. Yeah. Absolutely. And we have missed an entire season. The sports report has been busy covering other things and taking hiatuses just due to time constraints. So we haven't actually talked about the 2023 or the 2022-23 season uh, yet. So we're going to spend a a little bit of time talking about the biggest stories that have happened uh, so far this season. We'll start with uh, LeBron James has broken the scoring record in the NBA. He's done it. He's finally passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, what are your just thoughts on this as a moment for this season? Do you think that this season kind of revolves around that moment? For the longest there, considering the Lakers struggles to start things off. And, you know, technically there's still some struggles because they're, if I'm not mistaken, the 13th seed in the Western Conference, trying to move up to that 11th, 10th seed. It's, it's been tough. And the only thing that LeBron James and Lakers fans have kind of been looking forward to, or LeBron James fans for that matter, is him breaking the scoring record. It's the most exciting thing on that Lakers radar that's happened this whole season. At post uh, Russell Westbrook trade, things are looking up, so there is some hope. I feel like that was just a big moment in sports and in basketball history. I mean, they paused the game when he broke the record. They rolled out Kareem Abdul-Jabbar right in front, like in half court with him. And they did the same at the All-Star game. They give him a like little like celebration uh, of the achievement. It's it's one of those things where when I started watching the NBA about 23 years ago or so, it was a record that I didn't think it was ever going to be broken. And I am alive to see it. And not like old, old, like in my 60s, 70s or anything, watching this happen. I'm actually in my 30s, my early 30s. I'm still able to enjoy it. I'm I'm able to gonna be able to like reminisce about this. It's one of those great moments similar to like Kobe Bryant's final game. It's like just an iconic moment in history, is all I have to say about it. Okay. All right. Uh the next story I wanted to get into is Golden State and just what's happened this season because they're they're defending champions. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot that started off wrong for them from the very beginning. And I think you have to go all the way back to like training camp before the season started and that punch that Draymond Green threw to Jordan Poole. Things have not been the same since. Obviously, there's been tension. Jordan Poole got his extension correct, if I'm not mistaken, before the yes. season started. Draymond has yet to gotten that new contract. So obviously there's lingering tension of will he or will he not come back this offseason? How much of a pay cut is he willing to take to stay in Golden State? Is he just going to enter the free market and get the most money he can for himself, considering he is currently a four-time champion with nothing really left to prove? And, you know, he's like the biggest LeBron James fan I know. So maybe he just goes like a little bit up the States and play with the Lakers in Staples Center. So uh, I'm sorry, cryptocurrency arena. I can't. <laughs> uh, it's, it's terrible. It's just terrible. It's it's one of those things where they lost key guys. Uh, Gary Payton the second was a key guy for their defense purposes. They lost someone like an Otto Porter Jr. that uh, – Helped with their depth in terms of three-point shooting. I can't recall who else they lost, but I feel like they lost someone else in free agency. And they didn't really replace those guys with anyone. They signed Jermichael Green, and they signed Dante DiVincenzo. And I love Dante DiVincenzo, but he's no Gary Payne second. And obviously, you saw them trade back for him, even though there were some health concerns that postponed that four-team trade from happening. I think it's I think it's that man. The old guys are getting older. The younger guys that they were hoping would take that next step and help alleviate some of the pressure on the vets just aren't developing in the way that they thought they would. And coming as a Bulls fan, seeing Patrick Williams, the number four pick, uh, and and just not being there and living up to our expectations, it's kind of been the issue. Look at James Wiseman, the number one, the number two pick they took in the draft two years ago. He's not. He's now a Detroit Piston, and all they got in return was a guy they could have re-signed last offseason. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough. I, I I never want to count out the Golden State Warriors in a playoff setting, and I won't do that until I see them in the playoffs and actually see them lose. They still have Clay. They still got Steph. They still got Andrew Wiggins. Kevon Looney is still a great, solid center option for them. They have Draymond Green, Jordan Poole. They still have guys. And I don't know if they're my favorites to come out of the West, but I wouldn't be surprised if they come out of the West. All right. Wow. All right. Uh, We have a crowded MVP race this year. Names like Luka Doncic, Nikola Jocic, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and Kevin Durant. Uh, Even Zion Williamson, John Morant could make a name for themselves in the later half of the season and and, and try and push for that. But a guy like Donovan Mitchell's on that list, too. Yes. Shout out to Donovan Mitchell, the owner of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, (laughs) What was your question? I'm sorry, I cut you off. (laughs) Who who do you think right now is sitting in the best position, but who who do you think might be a number two, a good number two? Okay, so the best way to answer this question is to eliminate the guys that I think don't really have a chance of winning. And that, to me, is Kevin Durant, given the injury that he just took. Uh, Yes, we have to see what he does in the last final 23 or 25 or so games with Phoenix if he comes back and plays at an elite level. You guys, you mentioned Zion also riddled with injuries. John Morant, I feel like their team went through a slump there. They kind of like took him out of the contention. 
And he was kind of like one of those like outside chance guys that could get it like DeMarco Rosen last year. And I think it's down to like a Jason Tatum and a Nikola Jokic, maybe a Joel Embiid and a Giannis. Those are the four guys for me. So number one, I think above all else is the Boston Celtics he, uh, and, and Jason Tatum. Given the fact that he broke uh, Anthony Davis's all-time scoring record in a single All-Star game with 55 points this past weekend, he has the momentum behind him. His first game back after the All-Star break, he also dropped like 31 points and like uh, just a load of stat sheets. I think he's my favorite to get the MVP. I think the narrative is there, and sometimes that's all you need is a narrative. In terms of a solid second number two guy, I think for me it has to be Jokic. Considering he's still doing what he's doing last year, the Nuggets are the top seed in the Western Conference. And it these last 20 games are going to be crucial for that race because I could also see a Giannis going up in there and snagging that MVP if his team supersedes the Boston Celtics in the standings. So I think my solid number number one is Jason Tatum. My number two is Jokic. Okay. All right. That's it. Good choices. Good choices. Uh, right now, we are going to get into what is probably like the most crazy trade deadline the NBA has seen in some time. Uh, I just I'll start with your overall opinion on just the day itself and how chaotic it was. Oh, it was, it was wild because it kicked off like what was it like midnight, 2 a.m. with the Kevin Durant trade. And then it just it spiraled from there. The Lakers did the Russell Westbrook trade, obviously, like over uh, over the weekend, like the weekend prior. Was the Kyrie Irving trade? There's so many. It was just a slew of trades. The exact stat was that 28 out of the 30 NBA teams in the association made some sort of deal heading into the trade deadline this year. Minus the two teams, which were the Cavaliers, who made their big acquisition in the offseason, and the Chicago Bulls, who felt they were so great and had no flaws in their roster that they decided to stand Pat. Uh, but they did get Pat, so shout out to shout out to Pat Bev. Um, it was it was it was hectic. It was wild, and it lived up to my expectations because you love to see the frenzy of the trade deadline. And that's like one of the best things you look forward to as an NBA fan. Fan, it's all the transaction, all the player movements. Like, right. what team is going to look like differently? I'm, I'm excited. Like, it rejuvenated like my enjoyment and passion, and just excitement for the rest of the season, and to see how all this is going to shake out. So let's talk about Kyrie to the Mavericks. Does yes. let do, okay? Firstly, my first question is. Do you think he he's he's on his last few months of his contract? Is he not? Yes. yes so do you is, think correct. he stays in Dallas? Do you think Dallas is a safe spot for Kyrie? And ultimately, do you think he can accept the fact that he's not the leader of this team? I think he could always accept. He's always been okay with accepting that he's not the leader of a franchise. It was only an issue with the LeBron James Cavaliers stint, simply for the fact that he was younger. He wanted his own team. People kept treating him like he was the Robin to LeBron James's Batman, even though he hit like probably one of the biggest shots in the NBA Finals history to seal that championship for the Cavaliers. He goes to Boston. Everyone's so young. He has to be the lead guy. It's it's more of a challenge. 
he had his own quote where he said he called up Braun, he apologized for like being the way that he was and not like being it like like not being receptive to the advice or just listening when he could have and that he regrets his decision and he felt felt bad about it. Then you saw him move over to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. Obviously, you're not the number one option when Kevin Durant is on your team. He moved over to Dallas. And I think he's perfectly, I think he's at a state in his career where he just wants to get his money, be in the place where he feels like he is respected as an individual, not just as a basketball player. And it's just having fun playing basketball. I don't I, like Kyrie Irving strikes me as a dude that's like, yeah, I got my championship. If I get another championship, that's gravy. That's the cherry on top. But I think if he never wins another championship again, he'll be the most fulfilled NBA player that he could possibly be. So to answer your initial question of if Dallas is a safe spot for him, I would say yes, if the caveat being that they have a solid run in the playoffs, meaning they get out of the first round, they're not in that playing tournament spot, they're actually locked into a playoff spot, and they make it out of the first round. They need to at least make it out of the first round. If they get eliminated in the first round, you can kind of – Pack carries bags already for him. If they get out of the first round, they make a deep play enough for a playoff run. They somehow miraculously make it to the conference finals. I think you secured Kyrie Irving. And then the the biggest, biggest crucial here is that Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks organization, has to be willing to back up the Brinks truck for Kyrie Irving and give him the max deal that he wants. Give him the four-year deal that he wants. If you're not willing to give him the contract that he feels he is he is worth he will leave it and find a team that will give him that contract do you think they will i want to say yes because they're kind of in the spot where if they don't you risk losing another star player and probably the best player that luca's ever played with and you start the clock of luca Doncic requesting the trade from the Dallas Mavericks. So I think in order to keep Luka happy, if I look, if I'm Mark Cuban, re, regardless of what Kyrie like, like drums up outside of the basketball court in the court, you saw it meshed pretty well. You just got to surround them mm-hmm. with shooters and defense, get them, right. get them a solid rim protector. Like this, the first year of this experiment, I like the pairing. It's a very deadly combination. It reminds me of a, much better version of what Carmelo Anthony and Allen Iverson could have been in Denver. Like, like that's what this reminds me of. They're just two elite scorers. And it's just, it's great to see for the game of basketball. It's just, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Now I'm looking forward to Mavericks games. I think they should. Will they? I think they might lowball carry and he could be on the door. If you're asking me where where do you want me to place my bet, I I'm a, I'm a bet that they might lowball him and Kyrie Irving is only like a twenty or thirty so game rental. Okay, okay, okay. Mo Bamba to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Shout out to Mo Bamba, man. He's uh, finally in a good situation. He was never. He was unfortunately with the Orlando Magic, and this is no shade or slight towards the Magic, even though they did finesse us in that Vucevic trade. Um, he's unfortunately uh, a victim of what's the word I'm looking for? A log jam at his position. You know, 
he comes in and he has to battle for minutes with like the likes of a Wendell Carter Jr. He coming off the bench, backing up a Nikola Vucevic. And there was all these expectations of him being like a top five, top 10 pick. And he just didn't live up to them. Similar to you look at a guy that's thriving on the magic, Bull Bull, who was drafted by the Denver Nuggets, didn't have the playing time for him. And now he's out. He, now he's playing much better with Orlando. I think the move to LA is going to be fantastic. I really thought he was going to sign with the Bulls, and then all indications were that he was, but the Bulls weren't able to match his uh, his price tag in the offseason, and he just ended up re-signing with the Orlando Magic because the money was better for him financially. Now he got the money that he wanted this offseason, and he's in a much better situation. Depending on how things go, you could actually start him at center alongside of Anthony Davis if he doesn't want to play center. He could be a solid like stretch big. Right now, he's perfectly in his role with the Orlando with the LA Lakers as opposed to with the Magic. And you're playing with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, a, a better market. It's a reset, refresh. Look at Wendell Carter Jr. had all the potential in the world, wasn't thriving for whatever reason here in Chicago, and he's thriving over there in Orlando. It's all about situations, and you know. Maybe this this means that Mobamba Mo by Czech West is going to start playing in the Staples Center more often. Eric Gordon goes to the Clippers. Yeah, it was it was just one of those moves where you're looking like, okay, doesn't really excite you too much. I mean, he does add some three point shooting to the franchise. Um, I don't know, it didn't strike me as much of a needle mover as he too much of an upgrade over Luke Kennard, who they traded in that three-team, four-team trade or whatever it was. Right. Shipped them over to Memphis. We're just going to have to see. Uh, I would say he has the potential to get hot faster, more frequently than the Luke Kennard, but I don't I don't think it really was much of a needle mover. It's more or less just kind of like getting Burger King instead of going to get McDonald's. <laughs> the Bucks win the Jay Crowder sweepstakes. Uh, I think the winner here is Jay Crowder because he gets to once again compete in the finals. If yeah. if the if the Bucks get there, he's he's solidly there. Uh, I I don't know what the heck happened in Phoenix because it seemed like the perfect spot because you're not going to start in 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 Milwaukee and you weren't going to start in Phoenix and that was the issue that he didn't want to back up Cam Johnson even though Cam Johnson is a much better player than him at this point in his career. Um. Winners of the Bucks was they add more depth in the front court, which they really need. So I think it was a winner for everyone. And of course, Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, actually, before we get to that one, is there any other trades that you that stuck out to you that you thought are are going to be impactful going forward? Well, this one wasn't really a trade, but it was a buyout. Kevin Love to the Miami Heat. I thought it was a very nice fit. They've been having a hole at that power forward position ever since they let P.J. Tucker go in free agency to Philly. Does Kevin Love fill that role perfectly? No, but I think he's probably the best four they have there. And it's going to help rejuvenate the team. It's going to help add some three-point shooting, which they've been missing. Guys like Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson haven't had the most consistent years from the three-point line, and that's one of the things that was their bread and butter. Oh, also, Kyle Lowry. You hate to see it, but Kyle Lowry is looking like a shell of his former self. And Jimmy Butler, you know he shows up in the playoffs. Playoff Jimmy is a thing. 
Tyler Hero is now starting, so you don't get that kick off the bench. So I don't know. I think it's it's a solid move. It was like one of those lateral moves, like that you make in a chess match. Doesn't win you the, the the game, but it helps you be in a better position to win the game later on. And wouldn't be surprised to see Miami in a really good spot. Another move I want to highlight is the Russell Westbrook three-team trade, and mostly for the Lakers side of things, because not not only did you get to keep one of the first-round picks that was rumored in the Kyrie trade or any trade, really, where you had to move Russ and those two unprotected picks in 2027 and 2029. You get to keep the 2029 one. In exchange, you lost him, and you gained D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. Three rotational guys that right now are making the Lakers look like a serious and more legit NBA team, let alone playoff contender. D'Angelo Russell is a good option. He is also a free agent, so if things don't mesh well, you could always see him being swapped with Kyrie Irving, you know, to like call back to like the previous conversation we just had. Jordan uh, Jordan Vanderbilt is one of those energy guys that I felt like the Lakers desperately needed. They need one of those guys that goes out there and hustles to make a Bulls reference, like an Alex Caruso, like a Javante Green. Guys who go in there and aren't worried about their stat sheet numbers and are just going to dive for loose balls, hustle extra on the offensive class. That's what they need. That's what they needed sorely. And guys like Patrick Beverly was bringing that to their franchise, but I think it was just rubbing people the wrong way in the way that he came into the into the team in the offseason. And, and the Malik Beasley, who is a streaky shooter, but as you saw in the recent game against the Golden State Warriors, he was lining it up. They're playing better. They're just rejuvenated. And uh, it was great for them. The Utah Jazz ended up getting Westbrook in that whole ordeal. And they got more draft capital, so that was a good thing. They bought him out. He ended up going to the Clippers, so I'm very intrigued about that matchup with Russ still being in the cryptocurrency arena, but just playing for the other team. I think it's going to be interesting. I do want to see a Clippers-Lakers matchup as well. I think there's one coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And I'm trying to think of another trade. I I know there was another trade that – or player movement that I saw that I was very behind. But yeah, let, let's talk about Kevin Durant and let me see if I can like rejog my memory while we're talking. Yeah. So Kevin Durant went to Phoenix in exchange for Mikel Bridges, Cam jo- Johnson, and Jay Crowder. Uh it like it this this is uh it, I don't even know how to how to really describe it. It this whole thing in Brooklyn started off as look out, here comes Harden, Kyrie, and and Durant, and this this team's gonna rule the East. Mm-hmm. And now every single member of that team is playing for or every or every single one of those three is playing for a different team. Yeah, and it's wild to see. Yeah, like so what are your thoughts, Kevin Durant to Phoenix? Is this is this now a you know championship bound team? Uh, what are the problems that they have going into the playoffs? Um, are they still the same team they have been? No, they're not the same team they have been. They are a championship contender going into the playoffs. We have to see how Kevin Durant looks coming back from injury. I think that they have him penciled in as in returning against the Charlotte Hornets on the road. 
And I think that's a good matchup. You know, you return him on the road against the opposing crowd with one of the worst teams in the NBA record-wise. And there's less pressure to, pressure to perform. To me, the when I saw this, it was a monumental trade. And I don't think people are still even grasping how big this trade is. Because Kevin Durant is arguably the best player ever traded at any point in his career. You know, you can maybe look at like uh, Wilt Chamberlain or uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that gets traded. But the a player of the caliber of Kevin Durant does not get moved last minute right before the trade deadline like this and just shift the entire balance and power of the NBA and conferences. This has arguably made the, the Phoenix Suns my favorite to come out of the West. You still kind of want to, like, don't want to disrespect the Denver Nuggets or any other team in, in the Western Conference. But right now, you look at a Kevin Durant, who is probably the best superstar player that can fit in seamlessly with just about any other team or players. He can do what you want him to do. You want him to ISO, he'll do that. You want him to be a stretch big, he'll do that for you. You want him to like come off down, uh, pin downs and come off screens and be a catch-and-shoot guy while Devin Booker and Chris Paul go to work. He can do that. He has the length. He is like a 6'11 small forward, for Christ's sake. The man is a cheat code, one of the greatest scorers this league has ever seen. He is the best player. And then now you have a Devin Booker as your number two guy. That is very similar to a Kevin Durant in the aspect that he can handle the ball if you need him to be because he he was the starting point guard for the Phoenix Suns for a while there until they acquired uh, Chris Paul. That was one of their biggest issues is that Devin Booker had the ball every single possession, and he was being double-teamed, triple-teamed, and all the focus was on him. Now the primary focus isn't on Devin Booker. That's going to open Devin Booker offensively up way more than he's ever been in his whole career. And now you have a guy like Chris Paul. Yes, he has not having his best season, but people forget that this is still a serviceable guy in the playoffs. They got like a can't, um, campaign coming off the bench, so they got some youth there too at the point guard position. But Chris Paul is a guy that he he can, he can go all game just like scoring like five points and dishing out 15 assists, and he's happy. Then you still have a DeAndre Aiden who's a force at the rim. He can protect the rim for you. He can still post up for you if you need him to. Maybe this energizes him to see, but that's my only hiccup is the whole DeAndre Aiden conundrum. The biggest issue with the team currently is that they were able to get TJ Warren back to the Phoenix Suns in, in that in the Kevin Durant trade. They went ahead and signed, if I'm not mistaken, Terrence Ross to the front to the team as well. That's their biggest issue is depth and defense in the perimeter because you lost that with Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. That's my biggest issue with this team. Can and would I be surprised if they win the championship this year? No. I think that star power wise they probably have the best starting lineup in the entire NBA. Oh yeah. I, I would 100 percent agree with you on that. Okay. So we're getting out of the trade deadline. And we're moving into both of us have teams. Yes. And 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 I, I want you to talk to me about your Chicago Bulls. Well, um, bef- <sighs> okay, okay. I was I was gonna say something else beforehand, but let's just dive headfirst into this uh, mess that we're in. Uh, the Chicago Bulls are a freaking disaster this year. They have underwhelmed incredibly. 
they've taken every single ounce of hope and belief that I had for them and just throw them into the trash bin every single time. They're like the most confusing and inconsistent teams in the entire league. They'll go up by 10, 20 points and then blow leads. They'll lose to like teams like the Indiana Pacers, the Charlotte Hornets, Detroit Pistons, but beat teams like the Brooklyn Nets when they had both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant healthy, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics. They're the the issue with them is that it's the whole Lonzo Ball situation. He was really the engine that made this team go and made this team make sense because he was able to get DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine in their spots. He was able to see the floor clearly, get Vucevic his his um, his touches inside. He was their best three-point shooter. This team lacks three-point shooting, rim protection, rebounding, and just a grit and defensive intensity. And just pride, this team kind of just folds very easily when pressure hits them, when adversity hits them. And it's just it's discouraging to see that it, they're just so frustrating. The only glimmer of hope that they've given us is that the Patrick Beverly signing is looking like a like gift from the, have, from the gods above. Because this man fell into your lap, basically. If he wasn't a Chicago-born player, I'd see him as a Golden State Warrior currently. But mm-hmm. the fact that he's from Chicago kind of made him feel like, I want to make Chicago feel uh, be a better team and help him push for the playoffs. He did that for the Minnesota Timberwolves last year in that playing tournament and helped them advance to the eighth seed. He might do the same thing for the Bulls. And honestly, at this point, I kind of wish they did because that Vucevic trade feel like it's hurting us, man. They uh they don't have their pick this year on it's top four protected. So part of me was just leaning to the tank and hoping that the lottery gods blessed us with a top four pick so we wouldn't lose that. But I don't know, it's it's tough to see. DeMar DeRozan is not the same this year. Uh Zach Levine has not been the same because of injury. The two guys don't feel like they fit and mesh together anymore like they did last year. I don't know what the solution is to this to this team how you fix it do you blow it up do you just tinker with it but i i'm telling you this right now we didn't do anything we're gonna lose a lot of role players like kobe white io desimu vucevic and javante green we're losing at least two of those guys to free agency because we didn't try to trade them at the deadline to try to get some sort of asset compensation for them and i'm thinking vucevic is coming back and i'm glad because he's the most consistent player on this entire Bulls roster, but I don't know, man. This is this feels worse than when they were bottoming out and were like one of the worst teams in the league playing alongside Laurie Markin and Wendell Carter Jr. and Zach Levine because at least then you were like building to something. Right. This, I don't know what they're building. So we'll see. We'll see, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm a discouraged and underwhelmed Bulls fan. <laughs> I know the feeling. Uh, do, do you remember your point that you wanted to get to before that? Yeah, I because um, we were talking about other trades that uh, that stood out to you, and I just remembered we were going to talk about your Raptors, and that's exactly what I want to talk about. Jakob Pertl, going back to the Toronto Raptors, I think it's an under-the-radar under move. I think it's going to help them. I hope it's going to help them. The issue with them is a similar issue that the Golden State Warriors have is that guys like Gary Trance, OG Ananobi, 
Fred Van Fleet all want to get paid and they're playing like they want to get paid and they're not playing for each other like they did last year. And that's that's rough to see because we did a whole uh, Raptors preview on my podcast, Straight, Straight yeah. Talk Podcast, and you were on it and we were excited for the Raptors. I was liking the Raptors a little bit better than the Bulls this year. And they both kind of like stumbled out the gate and had continuously stumbled throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. I, that was my next uh, question was to talk about the Raptors. What What do you think they can do aside from maybe their, their three key guys, aside from Pascal, of course, who, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? How's his season been? Shout out to Pascal. He's probably one of the, one of the few bright spots of that Toronto Raptors season. And I'm glad he got his all-star nod. Granted, it was an injury replacement, but I'm glad he was there. Like, he ended up being one of my original picks in our all-star uh, all-star predictions podcast that we did uh, right before the, the reserves were announced. I love Pascal. I think he – I think you keep him. If you're, you're going to blow up the team, you build around Scotty Barnes. If you're going to try to keep this team competitive and just – basically tinker with it and just like retool you got to keep pascal i feel like you have to but i think the biggest issue here is that i think og ananobi and Fred van fleet i think you're gonna have to choose between one of them and gary Trent too i think between those three guys i don't think all three guys are coming back i think you have to pick one of them and try to get some assets for the other two right you have to rebuild this team around Siaka, around Scotty Barnes, how they can play, how they can be better utilized. And I think Siaka, I think Siaka moving back to the four with the return of Yakum Pertle, it's secretly a sleeper pick. I think it's going to help them. I don't know if the Raptors have played back since uh, the All-Star break yet, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a little bit of a run here to like solidify them in that like eight to uh, ten seat to make sure they don't fall out of the plan. I don't think they're going to fall out, honestly. I I trust them more than Bulls. <laughs> but Jakob I think underrated. P- people don't know much about it because he was in San Antonio, but he's really flourished. He's really hit his stride. He's also going to be a free agent, so if they resign him, I th- I think they have. It's not all doom and gloom like the Bulls. I'll say that. I think they're in a much better situation. You have younger guy, you have a young guy in in um, Scotty Barnes, and you have a solid vet guy in Pascal Siakam, and you have assets. You have assets, which is what the Bulls don't have. And I feel like they can easily retool this roster to make it a little bit more sense. And it's going to be a possibility this this uh this free agency. I think they're going to retool the team. They're going to readjust it, and they'll be right back where we thought they'd be this year. All right, Vince, it's time to play the very first edition in season three of Hot or Not. It's a playoff NBA edition of the show. I have 10 teams listed here who are in playoff contention. They are eight or above. They are not trying to fight in. So we're going to start. Well, yeah, well, we'll start with them, my number one uh, choice, the Atlanta Hawks. Are they hot or not? I'm going to say they're not. And they just fired uh, Nate McMillan, their head coach. It looks like they're replacing him with Quinn Snyder, <laughs> formerly of the Utah Jazz. The pairing of Trey Young and um, – fuck, I'm drawing a blank on on his name. Help me out here. 
San Antonio. Uh, I've got. Why am, I, I've, why am I drawing a blank on him? Hold up, I gotta look at the roster now. God damn, you know who I'm talking about, right? Um, I I don't I don't. Point guard from the Spurs. They traded for him this offseason. Um, come on, Dejounte Murray. Jesus, why did it take me forever? Dejounte Murray. The pairing of Dejounte Murray. Sorry, Dejounte. I love I love Dejounte. By the way, I, I love Dejounte. Me and me and my co-host Bashara cannot say enough great things about the guy. I think he'd be a great fit with Zach Levine, honestly, considering they're buddies and he's buddies with Demar Derozan. So. I, if we never see Lonzo Ball back, I'd like to see DeJounte Murray on the Bulls. Uh, but the pairing of DeJounte Murray and Trey Young hasn't really worked out too well. They still have John Collins, who they feel like they, I feel like they're trying to trade every single year for the last four years now. Yep. Clint Capella is he's serviceable as a center, but they also have Anyeka Kanwu coming off the bench. There's uh, DeAndre Hunter. So. They have Bogdanovich. Like, they have guys. They should be good, but I feel like there's no consistency here. I feel like the league as a whole almost, or the franchise has kind of, like, gotten sour on Trey Young. I don't have any faith in Trey Young. I think they're not hot for sure. I wouldn't be surprised. They're only a game ahead of the Toronto Raptors. I can easily see the Toronto Raptors superseding them in the standings and then them falling to the ninth seed or maybe even the 10th seed. I don't think they fall out of the play-in tournament. That's that's as hot as they'll be. Right. They'll barely make the play-in tournament. I think they'll be anywhere between 9 and 10. But I think they're not hot right now. Obviously, there's there's issues there. Will Quinn Snyder fix any of them? Who knows? He has like 20-something games left to figure that out. I don't think he will. I, th- I think they made a mistake with the DeJounte Murray trade, and that's a not, not a knock on DeJounte Murray. I just don't think it was a good fit. I don't think it was a good fit. And similar to the – to the oh, actually, never mind. I'm not going to say anything because you may or may not bring them up. But there's there was there's been other trades in the past in recency that – was not a good parent. What Russell Westbrook, good player, not a good parent with the Lakers. And we all knew that from the jump. That's right. <laughs> well, that, that Lakers team, unfortunately, for the last couple of seasons, has just seemed like more tire fire on top of tire fire. And now they're starting to put that fire out. But we'll see. That's the big thing with the Lakers is we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, but no, hot, not hot. My, the Miami Heat. Oh, they're hot, hot, hot. Uh, they're the Heat. Uh, for a good reason. They signed <laughs> the white hot Kevin Love from three. That that was my main thing is that the Cavaliers were shortening their rotation for the playoffs, for their playoff run, which makes sense. It's smart. Dean Wade has kind of like taken like that backup four spot for them where he spaced the floor for them. And the biggest issue with Kevin Love is I guess he just wasn't good when it came to like switching the pick and roll and defending the pick and roll. So they would take him out of the games. He was, but man, he killed us every time he played the Bulls. And I think he still has a lot left in the tank. I love Kevin Love. I love them in Minnesota. I love them in Cleveland. I think it's sad to see him not be in that position to make a playoff run with the Cavaliers, given that he stayed after both LeBron and Kyrie left. But I hope the Miami Heat do him right. I hope he helps turn the Miami Heat around because I like the Heat. They have guys that I personally love. Guys like Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Max Struess. 
Duncan Robinson. These are all guys that I really like. Gabe Vincent. These are all guys that I love, and I love the Miami Heat because they're them and the Bulls are very similar in the way that they play the game of basketball. And they were the current iteration of the Miami Heat reminds me of those early two thousand Chicago Bulls teams that had Lou Dang, Kirk Heinrich, and Ben Gordon, and of and Ben Wallace of the, of that sort. I want to see Kevin Love succeed. I want him to be in a good position. I think. I'm looking at the standings right now. Hold up. I'm looking at the standings right now. They're currently the number eight seed, only behind the New York Knicks by a game and a half. I can easily see them rising all the way up to the sixth seed. If not, I think they're solidly at number seven. I think solidly at number seven. They're they're going to be there, and they're going to be a tough out. I don't think Milwaukee, I don't think Philly, I don't think Boston wants to see them in the, in the first round. They're going to be a tough out in the first round. So they're they're hot, not as hot as they could have been to start the season off, but they're still pretty hot. The Memphis Grizz- Grizzlies. They cooled off a little bit, but I I want to say they're lukewarm. <laughs> if okay. I'm able to okay. cheat. Okay, you, you, are, you are able. If I'm able to cheat, I'm going to say they're lukewarm because they still have a solid roster behind them. They have two All-Stars in Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. I don't think they're going anywhere in that number two seed. I think they're locked in. John Moran is still great. They're going to be a tough out. They have guys like Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, who I don't really care for, but I, I see the value in his game. Jonas, Valen, uh, Jonas Valanciunas. No, wait, not Jonas Valanciunas, sorry. Uh, Steven Adams is still solid there. They have guys like Xavier Tillman coming off the bench. They just got Luke Kennard, who I think is an underrated shooter who can kind of get off when he wants to, like go off. And he's, he's, a, he's a streaky shooter. He's going to help. They got guys like Ty Jones coming off the bench to spell, uh, spell John Morant and, and like on the bench for a little bit to make sure he doesn't overwork himself. They have guys. They're a solid team. They're a young team. They're running up and down the, the, the court. They're going to be a tough out. Luke Warm is where I have them because they're not as hot as when the season started because they did go on that losing streak for their first spell there. But I think they're going to finish out solidly. I don't, I don't think they're going to move anywhere past the number two seed. I can see them in the Western Conference Finals. That's, yeah. their, that's, that's their ceiling is the Western Conference Finals. I wouldn't even be surprised to see them in the finals somehow making it out there. But they're not getting out in the first round. They're going to be at least a second round exit team. All right. The LA Clippers. <laughs> I'm gonna say they're hot. They got the they got their point guard. They got Russell Westbrook. Uh <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh in all seriousness, uh Kawhi looks is looking healthy. He's looking better, way better than he did to start the season. Paul George is Paul George. They still have one of the most like deepest rosters in the entire NBA. You got guys like Markeith Morris, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, Norman Powell, they, Eric Gordon. They have a Russell Westbrook that can give them some energy, but they still have uh, Tyrese Max. Wait, not Tyrese Maxey. Um, forgetting the, I'm forgetting the dude's name. Um, but they also have they they got Bones Highland. They don't. They no longer have. Um, they no longer have Reggie Jackson, but they signed Bones, Bones Highland, who I really like. I think he's a great, uh, great addition to the roster. They traded for uh, Miles Plumley to help back up, uh, like Zubac in the in the center position. 
So I'm gonna say they're hot. They're still really good. They have all oh, their Terrence Mass. There you go. Uh, Terrence Mass guy that I that I lost the track of. But I think they're hot. They're making the play. They're currently the number four seed, if I'm not mistaken. No, the, the fifth seed. They were the four seed before the Phoenix Suns uh, took that spot over them. But they, I could easily see them be the the number four seed, the number five seed. They're only a half a game back from the Phoenix Suns. But I'm going to say they're hot. I'm, I, they're, they're looking pretty good. I, I'm looking for them to finish strong to, to end the season. And they're a team that I can see in the finals. They're a team that I can see going to the West finals. They okay. have the depth. They have the talent. The Phoenix Suns. They're hot. The, the Suns are hot. Everyone's rejuvenated with the Kevin Durant acquisition. The Kevin Durant acquisition is only going to be a plus. Look, they're like I mentioned, they're currently the fourth seed. They're they're only two games back from the three seeded Kings. I can easily see them get the third seed. That's how good they've been playing, uh, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Durant's going to help them greatly. TJ Warren's going to help them. They they signed uh, Terrence Ross, so he's going to help add that. DeAndre Aiden's still playing very serviceably. They have Devin Booker, and they have Chris Paul. They have Cam, Cam um, Campaign on the roster. They have a bunch of guys. They, they're going to come in here and are going to help them win games. I think they're going to finish strong to close out the season because they did go on a slump there where they were like in the playoff playing tournament like sector of the of the standings. But they're hot. They're going to be a hot team. You can't not be hot when you just acquired Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Okay. All right. The next team is the Dallas Mavericks. They're hot, man. Uh, like I said, it's exciting. You just got Kyrie Irving, probably the best offensive duo in the entire NBA. Probably the only one that can rivalry would be Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. But Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, it's gonna be a nightmare for opposing defensive backcourts to try to defend. They're going to make a run. I think they're solidly in the playoff picture. They're only behind half a game of the LA Clippers, who I've touted already, and they're only a game behind of the Phoenix Suns, who once again I just recently touted. So I could, they could wind up being the four seed with home court, or they can stay in that number six seed. But I think they're a top six seed. They're they're completely avoiding the playing tournament. They're going to be a tough out. I think they get out of the first round easily um, unless they just, like, can't defend anyone. But they're hot. They're, like, spirits are high. Luka Doncic just seems to be satisfied having Kyrie Irving there. And Kyrie Irving seems to be satisfied and happy and relieved to finally be out of the, the situation he was He was in uh, in Brooklyn. So they're a hot team to look, to, to look out for it in the stretch run. So the the West is wild, is what we've determined from the yes. last three teams. <laughs> it, it really is. Yes. Uh, going back to the East, we're going to talk about the Boston Celtics. They're a hot team too. They grant they've been the number one seed almost the entire year, if I'm not mistaken, except for like maybe like earlier on where the Bucks might have had the the number one seed. I don't see a better team in the Eastern Conference right now. 
they looked like one of the deepest rosters when you look at guys like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Robert Williams, Al Horford. Then you still guys coming off the bench like Grant, uh, Grant Williams. They signed uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who I thought was a great acquisition. I thought he was a great pickup. He does so much for them. Derek White has been playing fantastically for them as well. They they have so many great guys on that team. And Jason Tatum, like I said, he's my pick to be the MVP at the end because they've been playing so well. And you look at a Jalen Brown, that's a guy that could do a lot of the same things too. Uh, they just have a lot of depth on their team, man. And guys like Danilo Colonnari that aren't even playing this year, they got injured and wasn't able to contribute. They're even deeper. Like, they just made an acquisition for, like, Muscala to add more depth in the front court, so that should help. They still got guys like Peyton Pritchard, who I think is underrated in the backcourt. And, shit, I almost even forgot. Blake Griffin's on the roster. So, um, yeah, they have a lot. They're hot. They're good. They're the team to be in the Eastern Conference for me. The Philadelphia 76ers. <sighs> Similar to the Memphis Grizzlies, I'm going to say that they're lukewarm because they're pretty hot, but sometimes Joel Embiid would have a bad game. Sometimes James Harden will have a bad game. There's not a lot of consistency there. I feel like P.J. Tucker hasn't really added much to the team aside from like his fantastic shoe collection. Uh, I like Tobias Harris. I like Tyreek's Maxi. They still didn't really figure out their backcourt backup center position conundrum because they still got guys like Montrez Harrell backing up Joel Embiid. And the best acquisition they had was uh, DeAndre uh, DeAndre Andre Drummond last year before he was traded in the Harden tra- Harden trade to Brooklyn. I thought he was like the best backup center they've had. They did acquire Dwayne Dedman. In, the, in free agency after he was bought out by by the I think he was traded by the Miami Heat and then subsequently bought out by whatever team traded for him. So we'll see if Dwayne Denman can add to the to the roster, add to that depth that center behind Embiid. But I don't know, man. Like their head coach is Doc Rivers. I have very I have less confidence in Doc Rivers than I do the <laughs> Chicago Bulls as a franchise. And I have zero to none to no confidence in the Chicago Bulls franchise. So just that alone, I'm lukewarm on them. I don't think they're hot. They were hard, hot to start things off. Obviously they cooled down a little bit. I think the hottest thing about their roster is the fact that they got Mac McClung, the dunk contest champion on there. But aside from that, I don't really see them going, going further than the second round. Maybe. Fair enough. Fair enough. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, they're a hot team, man. Uh, granted, it looks like they're just kind of like stuck at that number four seed record-wise. But they look great. Donovan Mitchell is looking like the best shooting guard in the entire NBA. You just uh, you, you mentioned him at the start of the program as a sleeper dark horse pick to win the MVP. You guys got you still got all-stars on the roster like Darius Garland who made the team last year, Jared Allen who I freaking love as a center. He's a great rim protector. He's a great 
like focus anchor of your defense. He's still able to post up. They actually give him some post touches, and he's able to finish around the rim, which is good to see. He has a little bit of a mid-range, so he can hit that 17-footer if you need him to. They have uh, Evan Mobley, who I loved in the draft last year. I thought he was the best player in that whole draft. And, yes, Scotty Barnes flourish and thrive, but I, I was on the Evan Mobley train. I think I was on the, uh, the sports report last year saying that, Evan Mobley is my favorite to win the, the, the rookie of the year. And I think he is the rookie of the year. He's the best rookie. He reminds me of a Chris Bosch. He's able to guard the perimeter. He's able to switch. They have a front court that helps alleviate some of the issues defensively that their backcourt creates. They have a guy like a Ricky Rubio off the bench. Who's helping set the, uh, set, set the guys up, make, he's a solid vet, solid backup guy off the bench. They have guys like Dean Wade Chetty Osmond, you know, Isaac Okoro, those guys of the sort, they, they were able to get like Danny Green in the buyout market as well. So they have a slew of wings, and that's their biggest issue. It's that wing perimeter defense. They don't have someone. They're, thank God Kevin Durant got traded to the Western Conference because they had no answer for him. If they match up with the Boston Celtics, they have no answer for Jason Tatum and the Jalen Brown. That's my only issue with them. They don't have that perimeter defense. Hopefully, Isaac Okoro can be better for them in that regards, but I don't have much faith in the guy to this point in his career. So we have to wait and see. I feel like if you had an OG on a Nobi as their starting small forward on this team, I feel like they'd be my favorite to walk out of the East right there with the Boston Celtics over the Milwaukee Bucks and Sixers. But I say they're hot. Wow. They're I say they're hot. I still say they're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. And I say look out for them. You you could you could very much see them in the in the East Finals this year. The last team I want to talk about is a team that I, I'd never expected to be in the position that they're in. And we're going back to the West and that's the Sacramento Kings. Talk to me about these Kings. Are they hot? Are they not? Like the beam, Rylan. Like the beam because they are white hot. They didn't make a big move at the deadline like that I thought they could, but they really didn't need to make any adjustments. If they made any trades by the deadline, it would be like lateral moves to help shore up some weaknesses that they felt they might have had. You have a De'Aaron Fox and a DeMontis Sabonis, two all-stars. When's the last time we had two all-stars? Being Sacramento Kings, you have to go back to the Chris Webber days to have two Sac- Sacramento Kings in the All-Star game. Last king to make it was DeMarcus Cousins. They have the longest playoff drought in NBA history currently, and they're about to break it. They're the most fun team to look out for, to watch on League Pass. They're definitely a League Pass team. They're able to like go up and down the court. De'Aaron Fox is a blur. Just call him the Flash. You have the Montez Sabonis, who is essentially Jokic light. He's like the mini Jokic with his passes that he's able to set up the team. You have veterans like a Harrison Barnes on there. You have Malik Monk. You have uh, Kevin Herter. They have three-point shooter. They actually did what the Bulls were supposed to do this offseason and added three-point shooting around their two stars. And they did that perfectly with the drafting of Keegan Murray, who I love. He is a great guy. He, 
I don't even know who to compare him to because he's just very unique in the sense that he's a versatile power forward that can guard some wings, but he's a he's a very consistent three-point shooter. I think his ceiling would be like maybe like an Aaron Gordon type player for you because he he can't be that that kind of guy for you. Like I mentioned, Harrison Barnes is still on the team. And there's just so much good good in Sacramento. And I'm just happy to see it. I am I'm excited because you may may or may not know this, but I am also a Sacramento Kings fan. So they've been the only positive for me in the NBA this year. Oh, and Davion Mitchell. I almost forgot Davion Mitchell is a blur as well. They have Chicago guy Rashawn Holmes coming off the bench. They have so much depth on this team. It's crazy. I love it. I love the, all the love for the Kings because they have not had any for quite some time. Um, uh, wait, hold all up, that hold being up. said, hold up. Before we move on, I do want to make mention that they are playing the Chicago Bulls on the fifteenth in the United Center. I recently bought myself a Chris Webber black Sacramento Kings jersey from the two thousands era, and I might go to that Bulls game decked out in Kings gear. That's how excited I am for this Kings roster. <laughs> I am going to that Bulls game as a Kings fan, and I am a diehard Bulls fan. <laughs> I just wanted to make that note. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. With all that being said, Vince, I think I think that pretty much wraps. Actually, no, no, we did want to. I did want to talk about the All Star game, uh, the All Star weekend, really, the slam yes. dunk contest specifically. Mac McClung. Yeah. Just threw it down. Uh, oh, what are man. your thoughts? I love it. I love it. I'm glad to see it. It kind of seemed like a storyline off of NBA 2K that where, like, the G League guy comes into a dunk contest and, like, saves the whole competition. It was great. He knocked everything. He delivered in the dunk contest. All his dunks were nailed in the first attempt. <laughs> That's what you like to see. I have not seen a fantastic dunker like this since the, since Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine kind of, like, stole the show. Back back in uh, Toronto, so it you know, all comes back to Toronto, man. Um, I would like to see more guys like Mac McClung come into the dunk contest because no offense to anyone else that was in that dunk contest, they just don't come in with like they just miss the dunks or like there's like unimaginative dunks. And you want to see guys like Mac McClung. It's it's just a great story to see. I, I love Mac McClung. I didn't knew much about the guy going into the dunk contest, but hopefully, like hopefully he comes back next year. They they were they try to finesse him into like committing for next year. Hopefully he comes back. Hopefully we can get someone else to like go out in there and put on the show. And you just need to. You just need to, Redland. Uh and we we need someone to be the the next guy with Mac McClung. Any thoughts on the game itself or anything that happened that weekend, really? Uh, well, in terms of the game, uh, my thoughts are like, I really wish the guys would just compete a little bit harder. You really don't see that level of intensity in, except for like the 2020 game where tragically it was in memory and in honor of Kobe Bryant was the last time they really competed that hard. Then the other time would have been, I think, think it was 2016 when they were in Toronto and it was Kobe's last game and that's what the game misses is guys like a Chris Paul guys like a Kobe Bryant guys like a Jordan that are go in there 
and are gonna like make this a competitive game. And Kobe Bryant's make the made this uh, quotes and statement, and other people have made the similar one where it's like you're going out there and you're not competing. Fans are one trying to see the best pickup basketball game in the world, and you they want to see more than just you throwing up half court shots and just throwing down flashy dunks with no defense. The most exciting part of the of the entire game was when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum went one on one with each other. But even that felt like they were only like at sixty percent of what they could do and weren't really doing what they could do. Um, guys are afraid to play defense on each other. There are guys like you saw like Luca was mic'd up, scored two points, and that's all he cared about. Anthony Edwards didn't really contribute much on Team LeBron. You saw guys like Demontis Sabonis. Jokic, Jokic, an MVP candidate, he's like not invested in the game as much, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. that's my only takeaways from the game is that I wish we had guys in the competition that are going to bring the energy, similar to like a Pat Bev, you know? I always make references back to the Raptors or the Bulls when we do these sports shows. But you need someone like that in the All-Star game, someone like a Kobe Bryant that's going to light a fire and sit there and be like, no, I'm playing defense on you. You're not going to score. Do you think maybe we change the way we do the All-Star game and we have USA versus the world? Do you think that, that would intensify things? No, I don't think it would. Because you saw that be the case with the Rookie Showcase or the Rising Stars Challenge. And it became the world versus the USA for a while. But then every year, like there were years where like it was you were getting guys in the world aspect of it where you didn't even fucking know. And other guys that were more deserving that were born in the States or, or stuff like that weren't getting the, 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 uh, the nod to be in the game. It didn't intensify things. People want to, uh, people want to see what, um, what um, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Deion Waiters gave us in the Rise of Stars game way back when. And I think the only way to do that, man, is just like you got to have guys in there that actually care because even guys like Jimmy Butler, he's like he want they want the recognition to be all stars, but they don't really quite care to play in the game. That's the only issue. And I think the whole pickup thing helps, like like uh, picking teams. I think that's the format you continue. But I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, Rylan. But it's not it's not World versus USA. Because we kind of saw that with Team Giannis one time around because he kept picking all the Euro guys. So we've already kind of seen that already. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Well, I guess with all that being said, Vince, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show this morning and and chatting with me about the NBA and catching us all up before the playoffs. I I, I gave you a list of... Uh, I gave you a list of 10 teams that were hot or not. And I think one was not and the rest were hot. So we know where you're leaning going into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, th- there's a lot of hot teams. There's a lot of parity this year in the NBA. And you love to see it, man. And there's some lukewarm teams, but I wouldn't count anyone out. I wouldn't be surprised to see any number of teams in the finals or in their respective conference finals. But that, no, I'm I just think it's to that... be back on the show, man. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And you're, you're always welcome. Uh, Vince, you're going to be, Vince is a voice you're going to be hearing on our network a couple times in the next few months. Uh, we have <laughs> a Wednesday night rewind that we're going to be recording at 
for the end of the uh, February, early March, mm-hmm. where we're going to be looking back at Money in the Bank 2011. This was a this you you won our Rumble pool this year, Vince. I so did. Congratulations for that. Thanks. And thanks. Uh, your choice. Your choice was uh, Money in the Bank, uh, a show that I've only watched once. So right. I, I'm looking forward to going back. I know there's one very good Money in the Bank ladder match and then one okay one mm-hmm. uh, on that card as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and on top of that, you are going to be a contestant on the very first episode of, I guess, the new run of WrestleQuizdom. <laughs> yes. Um, are you excited for our WrestleMania theme quiz? I am tenderly excited because part of me is not sure if I'm properly prepared for for this event. I want to say that I'm a knowledgeable fan that I can be, but man, if I get thrown some early WrestleMania stuff, I feel like I'm just going to be a deer at headlights. I'm excited though. I'm looking forward to the challenge. I'm not going to walk away from it like some All Stars in the in the All Star game this year and not play defense. I'm going to defend. I'm gonna go down swinging if I have to. <laughs> Excellent. Why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to all our programs on the network where they can find you on social media, tell them about, about your podcasts. Yes. Uh, know where you. you're at. Yeah, thank you, really. Uh, they, you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SESVince, and the link tree in my bio will take you to most of my content, if not all of it. Uh, I do my own personal podcast called Straight Talk, where we primarily focus on basketball, but we do venture out to other stuff we're going to be doing the tier ranking episode next month ranking the power rangers costume so if you're a power rangers fan we're going to be doing that we are also i'm also going to be doing the live stream on march 8th around 10 30 p.m central standard time 11 30 eastern standard time where it's going to be like what it sounds like it's going to be a march madness tournament of the women of professional wrestling we're going to have brackets from WB, AW, Stardom, uh, Impact Wrestling, and just wild cards, everything in there. I'm going to have a panel of judges, and we're going to be live streaming and trying to determine the best woman wrestler currently going on today. So that's very fun. Also, you can find me every single Friday on Smackin' the Raw. We live stream 11 p.m. Central Time, midnight Eastern, every single Friday night after Rampage where we talk wrestling and we spit or swallow the weekend wrestling. We do a nerdy news show called creation conversation daily, like around lunchtime, noon, central standard time, Monday through Friday. So you can usually catch me like two out of the five days out of the week, but also I am now a slice of the pie. That is the get show podcast. So go ahead and check out at get show podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Follow, follow me there. We just recently did like a, a WWE wrestling theme all-star weekend events. So that was very fun. So you can find all that on my link tree is what I'm saying. So hit the link tree in my bio. We'll take you to everything there. I greatly appreciate any support. And I greatly appreciate you, Riley, for always having me on here to talk sports. Oh, no. Uh, I, I, you're always a pleasure to have on. Your knowledge of the NBA and what's going on around really helps me get through this whole uh, <laughs> season. I'm very excited. I'm going to go download 2K right now. Um, 
all that being said, if you want to find all, any of our podcasts, you can find them uh, on Deezer, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, uh, a plethora. Apple Music is, still eludes us, but we're we're working our way there. Um, with and with all that being said, if you want to find us on social media, it's at WN Wallop on Twitter, WN Wallop on Instagram, and Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook. Just look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. That's where you want to follow us or add us or whatever. And Vince, once again, thank you for coming on for the NBA edition season three opener of <laughs> Ryland's Morning Sports Report. Have a good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Ryland, Kyle, and DK. You can find Ryland on Twitter at Ryland Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.